Father, your word says, and to you shall the gathering of the people be. Today we are gathered in your presence because of Lady Reverend Kate and because also of fellowship with one another. Lord, thank you for her life. Thank you for all the things that you have brought her through. It's been your mercy and your grace. This morning, let me speak us of the oracles of God. Cleanse me from anything that may be a limitation. Let the word of God flow out of my belly like rivers of living water. Let it give life to all those that will hear me. Holy Spirit, have your way. Use me if you can use anything. Use this vessel of clay. Thank you for the word of God that will be glorified today. In Jesus' name, amen. I was very surprised when I heard one of the people giving their testimony say that um, they will never forget the book, those who forget, because that's where I'm preaching for this morning. Amen. And I pray that God will speak to us. Amen. I have known Lady Reverend Kate for a very long time. And um, when you've been through something together, it creates a kind of fellowship. That's why Paul said that I may know him. And among other things, the fellowship of his suffering. Because when you suffer together, or when you have an experience together, there's a way it creates a certain fellowship and a certain bond. For instance, when you go to law school together and you face all the lecturers together, both the kind and the unkind, and you have to prepare for things together like Bishop Saki and myself, it creates a certain bond. Amen. And um, by the grace of God, our church is more of a family than an institution or an organization. And I thank God that I can say that Lady Reverend Kate is indeed a true member of the family of the Lighthouse Chapel International. Now you Amen. Amen. Through the canteen through Collegono, through being one of the first people at the first Bible school that was ever started. It's not an Akazo that you see on beautiful campus in Mampong. It's been a journey. Amen. And Lady Reverend Kate, I want to salute you for your faithfulness in sticking with the bishop and the vision and with all of us that has brought us into a fellowship both of suffering and of rejoicing. Amen. And that indeed creates a very strong and deep bond. When you see a relationship that just started, you can be excited about it, but the quality will be different. But when you see a relationship that has lasted for many years, you must know that there's, that there's a secret somewhere. And it's not all that you see that you will know. Amen? Amen? So if you have come here and you are a part of this church, I will encourage you to stay with us the long haul. Because when the church started, we didn't know where God was taking us to. We were in some small, obscure classroom with five members. I remember when my husband first invited me, he said he had started a church. When he invited me, my friends and I, we went and I think we wore a t-shirt and jeans because we didn't think it was a church. I mean, he said it was a church, but we thought it's starting. So after the service, he called me and said, how can you people dress so casually to the church? It's a church. You must dress properly. Like when you are going to other churches. I said, ah, okay, I received the revelation. And I believed that was a church from day one. But little did we be know what we would become. God never shows you what you will become. And even if God had shown us, it would have been difficult to believe. And even if you have a prayer topic, we could never have prayed the things God has done because he's just God. 
You couldn't have stood in that small classroom and said, okay, you know what? Make us 3,000 plus branches and put us in almost 70 countries and give us 3,000 plus pastors and let us have a hospital, let us have schools, let us do crusades and, and bring these type of people to help. You can never pray what God can do in your life. Amen. And I must say, Lady Reverend Kate, it's been a great thing serving the Lord. And may God give us the grace to finish our course with joy. Amen. Those who forget. Amen. You see, when you write an exam and the results come, the difference between those who did well and those who didn't do well, it's not that they are not in the same class, but because some forgot when they were answering the questions, and some remembered. And so when the work is mad, it makes all that difference. I remember, you know, now our school is doing from this year the British curriculum, the Lighthouse Schools attending to the British curriculum and we had a parents meeting and I had to explain to the parents what the British curriculum is but we did what you call now the British curriculum which was O level and A level so as I was explaining I could see in the hall that about 90% didn't know my drift so I said to them how many of you did SHS, about 95% of the parents, of the parents, about 95%. And then I was explaining to them, you see, the O-level system works this way. And then after that, some will do lower six and some will do upper six. I mean, it was an extensive explanation. And so I was telling my daughter that between form five and lower six, it's a big gap. So when you come from Form 5 to Lower 6, you are shocked at everything. You know, I was preparing her for Lower 6. So I said to her, I remember doing very well in history, both O-level and A-level, but in between was Lower 6. Having come to Lower 6, we had a test, and I thought I had answered very well. But for the first time in my life, the teacher started to read the marks. So when he got to Adelaide Baden, that was my name, he said, how? Oh, I can't even say what you got. <laughs> but in Wesley Girls, it's the brightest who come back. I'm sorry for those of, us, those of you who don't like us. I don't apologize. Anyway. So I said, Adelaide Baden. I said, hey, what did I get? At least 10 over 20. The teacher was called Mr. Amenuku. He said, were you in the class? I said, hey, what type of question is that? He said, I mean this essay you wrote. Were you in the class? Then you mentioned the mark. One over 20. Oh! Somebody who has been chosen to come six one. I stood up. I couldn't get out. My desk fell. Because I couldn't believe it. One over 20. I've not got some in my life before. So when I looked, I said, ah. But when I look at my essay, the facts are there. But what is it that I forgot? So I went to look at the person who got the highest, her work and my work. And I saw that the way the person had presented her work, paragraph by paragraph, you say the main points. You give examples to buttress your point, And then you do a conclusion. But my essay was all over the place. What was the reason why I got 1 over 20? Because I didn't remember. But eventually, when I did A-level, I got an A. Why? Because I remembered. So those who forget, usually they fail in life. You won't do so well. Not because God is not faithful. Not because God's word is not true. But because you forgot. So some type of forgetfulness is very serious. There's a divine type of forgetfulness. That one is your sins. When God says, I will not remember your sins anymore. 
that one, the hurts, the offenses, that one is better. But there are certain forgetfulness that can make you get one over 20. But when you recover from that forgetfulness, you can get an A. Amen, somebody. So when we look at Hebrews 6, verse 10. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. So I want to talk about the unrighteousness of those who forget. The unrighteousness of those who forget. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. By the way, this is one of my favorite verses. It has really kept me in the ministry and helped me to look for my reward, not from any man, including my husband, but to look at my reward, to look for my reward from God. And that has paid off and put less pressure on my husband. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Amen. Lady Reverend Kate, I want to put your name in this verse. Lady Reverend Kate, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. I want you to notice that it doesn't just say labor. Because some labor, there's no love in it. Some of you, you will do the work, but unwillingly. You will do the work, but not with a good spirit. You will do the work, but you think that in a church, you must be paid for everything. I grew up to know ministry as giving yourself to the Lord. We did a lot of follow-up. We went to people's homes. You see, originally, I'm raised from Takradi, so I don't know Accra. Even coming to your church, is not always easy for me. But Lady Reverend Kate gives me directions, and today... Thank God for Google Maps. We have location. But I'm born, bred, and battered in Takrade. You know? So, to know Kolegono, Choko, and different places. And whenever my parents brought me, my father had a house in Ringway Estate. So that's where I knew. You know? But having been part of the church from Kolegono gave me and afforded me the occasion to start to visit people, encourage them, bring them up in the Lord, and it didn't matter where you lived. Amen. It didn't matter where you lived. Whatever hole you lived in, we had the mandate to come there. And we did not ask for lorry fare. Amen, modern Christians. It's a labor of love. And if you don't do things from that spirit and from that standpoint, even the quality of your work is found wanting. Amen. So it's called labor. Labor is hard. Labor is hard work. Amen. And so when the Bible says, God is not unrighteous to forget your work, you don't become a Christian to relax. It's work. Amen, somebody. Amen. You don't become a Christian just to warm the pew. You become a Christian to become a laborer and a worker. Amen. Otherwise, your Christian experience will be very limited. So God is not righteous to forget your work, Lady Reverend. And your labor of love. Labor of love. It takes love. You see, when people say pastors don't do anything, I get very surprised. Because in this church, hmm, even if you are not a pastor, you are a shepherd. You yourself, you, you, you will know that God has called you. Amen. I practiced law for about 10 years. And I always tell my husband, practicing law Preparing for court is far easier than ministry work. Because ministry work is not just even the physical. Spiritually, you battle. 
You battle with things. You battle with people and for people. You fast and pray with God's people. Not for your breakthrough, for their breakthrough. And then when they are leaving the church, they don't even say goodbye. They don't even say, I've changed my mind. So you look at the others and like Jesus, you want to ask them, will you also go away? And that can change your heart. That can change how you see people. And that can change how you minister. But because Jesus is your example, it is a labor of love. And church members, you are not always easy to love. Amen, somebody. But because the rewarder is God, Lady Reverend Kate, it is God who is not unrighteous to forget. It is not man. It is God. So be encouraged that all your work, your labor of love, God remembers. And God is not like man that when he remembers, he does nothing about it. The Bible says God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. In that you have ministered to the saints. Amen, somebody? Now people think a saint is somebody who hasn't sinned before. But Paul says that to the church in Corinth, called to be saints. So when we say biblical saints, everyone who is washed in the blood is a saint. Because the blood of Jesus makes us so. And the Bible says so. Amen. Amen. In that you have ministered to the saints. Some of us, that will qualify to us. And do minister. It's supposed to continue. It's not supposed to end. So, Lady Reverend, thank you for ministering and still ministering and still being on the road. And I want to say to you, your father who sees in secret, your father who has watched over you all these years, provided for you, wiped your secret tears, comforted your heart, that same God is not yet finished with you. Because what is ahead is greater than what is behind. God bless you for your work and labor of love. Amen. Back to my topic. The unrighteousness of those who forget. Point number one. People who forget are unrighteous. Amen. Most of us are conscious of the four big sins. Lying, stealing, fornication, murder. If we are to ask for a list of sins, you are likely to mention these big ones. But the Bible is saying, forgetting is also unrighteous. Amen. To acknowledge somebody or something. To not to acknowledge somebody or something. Or to fail to remember our sins before God. Amen. It is incomprehensible to think of some of the things unrighteous people forget. Amen. In Jeremiah 2.32, the Bible says, Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Amen. The Bible says it is impossible for a bride to forget her gown. Some of you, you are not married, but you already know the style of your gown, your color scheme, and the color of your cake. Some people are smiling and knowing smile. But I know that it is true because people have come to my office and they don't even have a beloved yet. They say, Mommy, this is my dress. Look at the style. Is it nice? How many flower girls would they be? Mommy, do you think this color is nice? And all that. Why? Because even though it's not their wedding day yet, they are planning for their attire. So no bride forgets her wedding gown and comes to stand here in anything. But when it comes to God, we forget. We forget God in so many ways. And anyone who forgets is unrighteous. I'm praying that that will not be your story. People grow up and forget who cared for them. 
who nurtured them and who loved them. They forget those who brought them to Christ, like Lady Reverend, those who raised them in the Lord, and those who put them in the ministry. Is it possible that people can forget the people who help them at the most important crossroads of their lives? Can they turn around and attack the very people who raised them up? The answer is yes, it happens all the time. People forget when God prospers them. Europe has forgotten where God brought them from. I know that Europe has forgotten because all the wonderful cathedrals and edifices are there to show that once upon a time they believed. And to build such an edifice or give your money to such an edifice, you must have believed that it was worth contributing to. But where is Europe today? The buildings are being turned into apartments, casinos, and nightclubs. Because at a point, they forgot. Amen. Amen. Forgetting is very easy. Sometimes, or one, once upon a time, somebody came and introduced her relatives to me not long ago. And I said, oh, I know... She was introducing her mother. I said, oh, I know your mother. I said, really? When did you meet? I said, oh, we met earlier. I said, really? I said, yes. You remember when you were trying to send your relative to America and then your mother sent the relative so that I could look through the documents and then we did this and we did that and and she looked at me blank. Really? When did that happen? Because that person has become important today. And she does not remember. I wasn't surprised because I knew she had forgotten already. But when she brought her mother to introduce me, I thought that this one she will remember. But she doesn't remember. That's how we are. Sometimes it's selective amnesia. But we really don't remember. And I pray that today we will remember. We don't have to wait. And then we go and buy, God forbid, a coffin. And when we go there, we say to the undertaker, I want the most expensive coffin to give to my pastor. And also, I'm very concerned about who will dress her and how she will look. Why don't you dress her up when she's alive? Why don't you give her the good things you can give her when she's alive? Why don't you write a tribute for her to know in her failing moments that because of you, she should continue in the ministry and that it's worth it. But we wait and we honor the dead. Like the people who brought the spices to Jesus. The alabaster woman had anointed him unto his death already. The other woman came, but when they came, the angel said, he's risen. He's no longer here. Timely valuation. It's very important. You have come to sit in the church. He said, Lady Reverend, God bless you. The Bible says, anybody who sees his brother in need and just says, God be with you, God bless you, the person is not a Christian. Amen? So I believe in timely valuation. And as today is her birthday, I've come to honor her, not only with my preaching, but with my gift and with my substance. I will not wait. God forbid, when she crosses 70 and 80 with ease, then I'll look and I'll say, oh, what can we do? Now we want to do this, we want to do that. Then you'll be crying. But the time when you could honor the person, you didn't do so. So if you are sitting here smiling, looking at me, you keep on smiling, nobody will know it's you. But timely valuation is very, very, very important. Amen, somebody. When my father was alive, my father died at the age of 90 by the grace of God. When he was alive, he wasn't somebody who physically needed anything. And it was difficult, it still is with my mom, to know what to give them. When my husband preaches, he says that ever since he married me, he has not had to do or give my parents anything anything 
But it doesn't mean that on their birthdays you don't give them anything because uh, you say, but this man, even what he has is more than me. It's not about that. The Shunammite woman, when Elisha was passing, she said to her husband, let's make him a house in the wall. Let's put a desk. Let's put a chair. Let's put a lamp. And let's make a bed so that any time he passes, he will pass through. She didn't say because he's a needy man of God, because he's a holy man of God. You bless people not because they are needy, but because of where they stand. And because you need to learn how to say, thank you, lady reverend. Thank you for leading me to Christ. Thank you for preaching to me every day. So even though my father didn't need anything, I would think, okay, my parents love to drink tea. They are more than the British, 20 cups every morning. So I would buy tea with different flavors. I would buy milk. I would buy all the nice assorted biscuits that go with the true fanties. You know? And when I told them, you like drinking tea a lot, they say it's for vitality. <laughs> so their nickname became Vitality. But you don't do good to somebody because he needs. Like my husband says, when we go and visit my father, he rather will give us money. He rather will fill our tanks. And he will give money to my children. And when my children started to grow, when my father has given them, they'll say, no, 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 no. Not our parents, because we won't see the money. If you give it to them, we will not see the money. <laughs> because when we are on the road, and they say, Daddy, where is the money Grandpa gave us? And my husband will say, is there no petrol in the car? Do you know how petrol came into the car? But you could look at him and say, oh, the man, he even buys petrol for me. The man, he even gives my children money. The man, I remember my first child. It's my parents who paid for him to be in an international school. They just said, oh, he should go. We will pay. You see? So when you look at that, you say, ah, omokra, omuhumimobo. Nah, omokra, omupuami, intimimkrano. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't honor them. And I honored my father such that on the day he died, I didn't have any regrets. I couldn't say, oh, daddy, me huyanka. Oh, daddy, why didn't I do this? Oh, why didn't I call you on your birthday? Why didn't I call you on Father's Day? Why did I show you how much I appreciate you? Because of these teachings in the house, I didn't make that mistake. You too, because of these teachings, don't make that mistake. Timely valuation. It's very, 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 very important. You shouldn't say, oh, I'm waiting. When the church does special fundraising, then I'll give to my pastor. Hey, now pastor cry, me share the purple heart here in the shoes here. And then cry, me to me, dear man. But God loves a cheerful giver. Some people, when they give, they say, don't mind the gifts, mind the heart. But the Bible says, where your heart is, there your treasure will be. Or where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Amen. Anyway, enough said. I pray that this word that I've preached will change you. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't be too Armstrong. Armstrong. People who forget do not have the nature of God. When you forget, you don't have the nature of God. Because the Bible says God is not unrighteous to forget. It's not his nature. It's not his nature to forget. But you, how come it's your nature? Everything you want to forget. Because if you remember, it may put a responsibility on you. But God says he is not unrighteous. And the Bible says in 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are we in this world. So if you are really like God, then you shouldn't be forgetting. If we want to be like God, we must remember. Remember who picked you up when you were helpless. You see, my mother has looked after many people. Many are grateful, but some are not. Amen. 
One of them has become so ungrateful. And my mother said to me, as we sat in the room and she was talking, I saw a picture of her in her village. Stark naked. Six years old. Cursing and speaking. And she said to my father, it wasn't her relative, it was his relative. She said to my father, oh, so say, if she's left here, she will become nothing. So let's take her to our home and bring her up. She brought her up, thought that she was one of her own. But upon my father's death, the person changed like night and day. I've learned a new lesson as a pastor or even as a normal person that it is when a person dies that you really see what is in people. I called the lady. I said that what you are doing is a case. And also, my mother has not taken anything from you. If anything at all, she has made you a lady. Remember, said, oh, nobody has spoken to me like this. Lady Reverend, thank you for the message. I'll really change. But when she went out there, she rather became worse. It is not God's nature to forget. Today, she's married to an important person. She has important children. But when you look at her other siblings, they didn't turn out that way. It's the ones who my parents brought up who turned out a certain way. But today, you have forgotten. Even when you come to Takrad, you don't come to my mother's house. It's like, you've arrived. It's people who will tell her that, oh, they saw you in the street. You have arrived. You are now missing so so and so. But it's not God's nature to forget. But you are a Christian. The person is a Christian, tongue talking, demon casting. But look at the behavior. But it's not God's nature to forget. Some of you, after this preaching, you have to go home and call some people. You may have to even call your stepmother. You may have to call that uncle or that auntie. You may even have to call that your shepherd or your pastor. Because you are so some way. Some way. It is not God's nature to forget. Therefore, it should not be your nature to forget. Amen, somebody. People who forget are unrighteous and they are cursed to wither. Job 8 verse 11. Doth the papyrus shoot up without mare? Doth the reed grass grow without water? Which means somebody watered it. Whilst it is yet in its greenness and not cut down, it withered before any other herb. So are the paths of all that forget God. Amen. When you forget God, you are cursed to wither. Not because Lady Reverend is cursing you, but because the Bible says so. Amen? You will be a reed grass. You will grow. You will be in your greenness, but you will be cut down. And you will wither before any other herb. Why? Because you are on the path of all that forgets. Turn to the person next to you and say, may that, be, may that not be my story. Unrighteous people, number four, are not conscious of the dangers of forgetting. They are not conscious of the dangers of forgetting. In Psalm 137, the psalmist is talking, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land and all that? Then he comes to say at the tail end, if I forget thee, verse five and six, I believe, if I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem, above my chief joy. Amen. We must begin to take remembrance very seriously. The psalmist knew that it would be a tragedy to forget Jerusalem. He placed a curse on himself. If he did not remember where he came from. This is how serious the issue of forgetfulness is. You might as well stop living if you do not remember certain things. Because your tongue will cleave to the roof of your mouth. Can you imagine? 
if you cannot remember where God raised you from, your right hand will be unable to write checks when you forget what God has done for you. Amen. Unrighteous people forget God when they are full, when they have houses, and when they are rich, like the story I told you. When you are in need, you make yourself mobo mobo. Oh, this woman is taking me to town. I will see lights and I will see running water. Oh, I'm so blessed. But when you prosper, that's why God doesn't say that when you, ha you don't have a house and you are begging, then thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. So when thou art full and thou have built goodly houses, then you shall remember because at CA, oh my refuge. Amen. When you are poor, there you remember God. Ah. Oh. When you are in need, every service you will be here. When the pastor calls you, you say, Pastor, I'm so blessed that out of all these people, you should take special care of me. You should notice me. Pastor, I'm so blessed. But when we preach to you and we water you like the reed grass and you become an abundant, I've seen it before. I'm not talking about just the forgetfulness. By many of our churches, we see God raise people gradually, not overnight. There was a lady, she's, she's still around in my church. She used to sell rice in cups. Like how you put, no alone cow, uh, uh, margarine. Small, small, small. So she was in my ministry, so I saw her. Every day she's wearing some slippers. She's going. And she came to tell me that, oh, the rice business... It's yielding something. So now she started to buy bags, the small, small bags, over some years. Then after that, I saw her again. She said, oh, be an eminta omaya china. Me a containers, can it be? I, the pastor, who have been praying for her, I was very shocked though. I was shocked at what God can do. I said, hey. I even almost mentioned her name by mistake. I said, hey. So, mommy, be an God has blessed me. Wow. And this is why I said to her, okay, one thing you must have as your aim is to build a house. In Lighthouse, we don't believe there's money that builds houses. Like the Bible, we believe that wisdom is what is used to build a house. So when you start, small, 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 you'll finish. Then, we're going to have give thyself holy. And I needed bags of rice, oil. I said, hey, this lady cry, where is she? Let me call her. Hey! She arrived in her bends. Look, even trot, trot, cry, trot, trot, space, cry, she couldn't afford. She, over many years, she arrived in her bends. So I didn't know she had bought her bends. So my assistant said to me, oh, mommy, the lady you are expecting, does she drive a bends? Because I met her, she has parked her car on the car. I said, no, 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 she doesn't drive a bends. So when she came, hey, mommy, tete, I said, Okay, Benz, but oh, fine. Hey! I couldn't believe it. Then I said to her, I have to feed so many thousands of pastors from all over the world. And I need people to help me. Give me rice, give me oil. Oh, mommy, my faith cry. My faith, jay problem. And every time I call on her, she's there. The last time I saw her, she came to tell me that now, she also goes to England because she has to be adding. She owns supermarkets and she owns houses. When thou art eaten and thou art full. But I can say for her that she remembers where God brought her from. And she's just one example. I know so many people. So when the Bible says that God lifts us up from the dunghill and sets us among princes. It is true. But you don't have to forget when you prosper. When my time is up, tell me because I have the penchant to rant. Deuteronomy 8, 12 to 14. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses, because when you are not full, you cannot build goodly houses. And dwell therein. And when thy heads and thy 
Flocks multiply. When your cattle, your cars, your things, your dresses, your shoes, your bank accounts come a lot. And thy silver and thy gold is multiplied. And all that thou hast is multiplied. And then thy heart be lifted up. And thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Amen. And thou say in my heart, verse 17, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. Hmm. God forgive you. We said that unrighteous people forget God when they are full, when they have houses, and when they are rich. Before you become rich, you like to pray. When you become rich, you have a carpet. He said, Lady Reverend, because of the AC, <laughs> I'm not able to wake up, you know. So, Lady Reverend, these days, I just pay intercessors to pray for me. Because, yeah, people do that. Because, Lady Reverend, I'm too busy to, you know, contact God myself. So, money can get me intercessors. It's God's fault. When you are in that room in Awoshi, and even a fan was a luxury, you always remember to wake up 2 a.m. Oh, God, eradicate me. Why? Oh, remember me. But when you got your AC, and you got your jolly plump wife by you, and you got your children, you have forgotten your Lord, your God. When thou art full, thou hast eaten, thou hast built goodly houses. And you know the Bible says, your heart will be lifted up. Sometimes, often, pride is from the heart. Oh. So you may look humble, but it doesn't mean you are humble. In your heart, you are saying, I work hard. And these pastors, they want me to pay tithe so that they can partake of my hard work. Really? When we preach to you, it is work. Or you don't know. When we preach to you, it's hard work. That's why the Bible talks about the labor of love. When we pray and intercede, it is work. When we visit you, it is work. When we come to your outdooring, your dedication, your funeral, it is work. And when you see a beautiful edifice like this, it doesn't come by, let there be a church, and there was a church. It takes money to build. It takes money to pay staff. It takes money to pay income tax on our incomes. It takes money to pay social security. So don't tell me since you prosper, the pastor wants some. Sir, we also know how to prosper by the grace of God. It's not here that we are coming to learn how to prosper. But God has called and the call is higher. Amen. Amen. Thy heart be lifted up. And the Bible says you say that my own power has gotten me this wealth. You see, you may not say it with your mouth, but it's a belief you have. That my intelligence, after all, my degrees are more than what is on the thermometer. It has gotten me somewhere. Amen? Some of us, we are so proud. Even when we are coming to church, the doorway is too small. And when you speak, you say, Lady Reverend, I'm very, very, very learned. Very learned. I say, hey, what course did you do? Then they tell you, you say, oh, wow. If you are learned, then what should I say? If you are learned, what should Bishop Doug say? But the pride is idiopathic. My husband says idiopathic is also in medicine where the pride is without a cause. Because there are greater people than you, but they serve in the house of God. They sweep, they clean, they don't come with their titles because God is not a respecter of persons. But when you say in your heart, my beauty is what has made me get married. Ah, they are more beautiful people than you. What does the Bible say? Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Amen. But we should come to the place where we say, what do I have that I didn't receive from you? You know what I say? 
Do you know my family background? Do you know where I'm coming from? Mimi fear dear lawyers and lawyers and saved and going to hell. So what's the big deal? And did you choose your family? Or did you choose your parents? But you just have to say your grace and your mercy. Like the pianist sang, your grace and your mercy is what has brought me through. Don't worry, I'm ending soon. So pride makes you think that you got everything by yourself. I'm ending. Deuteronomy 9 verse 7. Unrighteous people don't remember their past sins and mistakes. Remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness. From the day that thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt until you came into this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Amen. Some of us don't remember our past. We don't remember our sins. We don't remember our mistakes. So when we have to deal with other people, there's no mercy. And there's no grace. But the Bible says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You have to remember where God has picked you from. The last guy who came, were you called Kojo? Kofi Owusu. You were giving your testimony with imagery and diagrams. But say it clearly that you were on weed. Amen, brother? And you couldn't sleep. But his grace and mercy found you. You don't have to forget where he has brought you from. Amen. I grew up in a very religious family. But I thank God for reaching out to me. And I remember when I became born again, my family said, how can you go to a church that meets in a canteen? But today, all of them are born again. Some are bishops and some are pastors in this church. You don't have to forget. When you remember the mercy and the grace, it will make you show compassion to others. Lady Reverend Kate, on the occasion of your 60th birthday, I salute you again. And I thank you that he is your rewarder and not man. But the Bible says God will cause men to give unto you. So hold on to that promise. Faithful is he who called you, who also will do it. Amen. Stand to your feet. Please. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You are here today. You don't know Jesus as your savior before I sit down. I cannot preach without giving you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. He's forgotten your sins. He says that when you come to him, he will forget your sins. But you still, first of all, have to acknowledge him. God is able to pick you from anywhere and make you what he wants you to be. Don't forget his blood. Don't forget the cross. Don't forget his love. Because his love is reaching to you this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You want to say, Lady Reverend, pray for me. I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. Lady Reverend, I need to be serious with God. I need to straighten out my life and my relationship with God. You are here like that this morning. It's not about pride. It's about coming to Jesus. Just lift up your hands wherever you are standing. It doesn't matter that you're already in the church. God is reaching out to you this morning. Just lift up your hands high above your shoulder and God will reach you wherever you are standing. I want to see your hand if it's up. Let it go high up. Let it go high up. And if you've lifted your hands, do one more thing for me. Come in front. Come forward to proclaim Jesus, to accept Jesus. Come and let Jesus do a work in your life. Shall we pray? Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you that you are not unrighteous to forget our work and labor of love. I thank you for Lady Reverend Kate. I pray that you show yourself strong on her behalf. And on behalf of all those of us who are gathered in your presence today, let your mercy flow through her. Let your grace flow to her and through her. Father, establish her. Live long, Lady Reverend Kate. Prosper, Lady Reverend Kate. Do well in the things of God. May God deliver you from your enemies. 
and from weapons that are fashioned against you. May this church go higher and higher. And as the church goes higher and higher, may the people within it also be promoted. May the Lord find his people worthy. May we work in love and labor in love so that we will know that you are our rewarder. Thank you for answered prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If you've come forward, please say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, this morning, I come to you just as I am. I give you my life. Come into my life and be the master and the Lord of my life. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the cross, rising from the dead to give me eternal life. And thank you that by this prayer, I'm born again. And my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes me and makes me whole and forgets all my sins. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Never the same again. May the Lord bless you. Keep coming and grow in the things of God. Amen. God bless you. You may take your seats. I'm done. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.